Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 38 of the Perfect MLS Podcast. That's right, you are currently listening to the brand new episode of Posts and Pints. A better pairing than pumpkin spice and the Ugg boots I'm definitely not wearing at this moment in time. Wow, way to set a high bar, Matt. As always, I am joined by the best guys in town, which is Kyle, Dre, and Alex. My name is Matt. Nobody's ever called me that before. Hey, guys. uh, How you guys doing? How you doing? Mediocre at best. I was going to say, I mean. I got beer. I'm good to go. Dre Dre was in the wilderness trying to find Bambi. Bambi, he couldn't find Bambi. Are you going to tell us about Bambi's mom? I found Bambi. I couldn't shoot Bambi. Small so problem. T- tell us what happened. So you came back empty-handed. We came back. We we stumbled. Or we had two bull elk stumble within like thirty yards of us. I'm talking like you could see the motherfucker right there, and then just dipped. Get the gun up and fucking dipped. I was like so pissed. Wonder. But, uh, I, I I wonder why he ran away. Maybe because these strange things that are in the woods are pointing something at him. Very possible, but uh, we literally didn't expect to even get that close to them. Usually they're like 70, 80, 90 yards away and you have like distance and they they don't even see you coming. Like these motherfuckers walked within 30 yards of us, which was cool to see them up that close, like seeing a fucking real elk right in front of you. But because they were so close, they also got spooked very easily. So Dre, because you weren't here last week, I feel almost like it's an obligation. You have to start us off with uh, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a beer that's not from Utah. It's actually a blue moon, and I got the, what is it? The Harvest Pumpkin Wheat, and for once, I actually got myself a nice fucking stein here, so cheers. Cheers, welcome to the Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Gang, bruh. I was going to ask if me and Alex were the only non-white girls in this podcast, but he drinks white wine by the bottle, so that's <laughs> probably not a fair question. So you say white wines. Trust me, I'd be there. You say white wine, so... Alex, what are we drinking? Not white wine. Not white wine. Today I'm drinking Mountain View Distillery's Randy's Brandy. Hey, Mountain Dew has a distillery? Mountain View, Mountain View. Did I say Mountain Dew? I'm listen, I've been drinking. Well, apparently Mountain Dew is invented to mix which I've never tried. Anyway, yeah, no, I picked this up this weekend. I actually passed by this distillery that I uh I passed on my way to go fishing in PA in Stroudsburg. And I was like, fucking let me stop by. And they had like flights of tasting. And I had this one. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take one or two of these home. So, and, uh, uh, and, 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 and Mr. Kyle, um, are we going on the over? Wanna... Are we going the over under here? Is, is, yeah, let's, let's play the game. No guesses. I say it's a non PBR week. I, that was my guess. Have, my song was the guess. This week, it is not PBR. Oh, yes. I have a gift from beyond the grave from everybody's favorite radio host, Justin. Oh, damn. Great white IPA. Oh, wow. Look at that. I won the picks challenge. I called the beer. I'm, I'm on a wait, roll. I was, wait, is, just, is Justin alive? Can someone Yeah, confirm? that's what happens when you don't show up we to wash parties, today. Matt, Weird. because Matt Marshall comes back in town. Justin was there. He gave me beer. It was pretty great. All right, well, excuse me if Matt Marshall the night before is like, hey, by the way, I'm having people over. It's like, hey, thank you for giving me my 24 hours notice. Hey, so, he lives in Columbus. He gave you all the notice he needed. Just cancel so, your plans. So what I'm drinking is, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm drinking a nice Matt, what brew. Are you that's, 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 that's all it is. Just a nice brew. And, and by brew, I mean cold brew. 
And by cold brew, I mean you mean white girl, Jameson cold brew. Oh. Over ice, I'd like to thank Alex for this because Alex turned me on to this, and I have not looked so back. Good. It's just, so good. it's. I've my, never my, had my more bottle's getting low. I gotta drinking. get another one. Say bye to your wallet. Oh. I'm nervous when people introduce people to alcohol because last time somebody got introduced to alcohol, I showed Alex Jameson, and now I'm pretty sure his life is ruined. <laughs> I can just Alex, I can just imagine Alex like this. What is this brown liquid? Polos. Like, wow, oh my god, I got a B minus on a test. This is such a failure. And then like Kyle's like, here, here's some Jameson. And then like immediately dyed his hair bleach blonde and was just like, Yo, Is it isn't there an episode? Isn't there an episode of Futurama where it's like, this is what Ireland would have been like if they never got whiskey? And it's like futuristic cars Future, flying. One day, he didn't drink whiskey. One, day, one day he didn't drink whiskey, and the next week we were at a show and he was drinking 15 house specials from Brighton. There you go. God, ah, those bless. were the days, man. Those were the days. 15 shots of kerosene. 15 shots God of kerosene and 15 cans of PBR. At least that they upgraded. It used to be Rolling Rock. That just, that just sounds puked, like a fun Tuesday night. I have night puked to me, but... on that building so many times. So, guys, this last week of MLS, I hate to cut you off, but this last week of MLS not only had some absolute banger of some games, guys. A lot of hot news to go through, and I'm going to hit you all with it right now. First and foremost, at the very top of the list, DC United has officially fired head coach Ben Olsen. After being with the club as a coach for over 10 years and being with the club as a player as well for over two decades, he was the longest tenured coach before this. And guys, he only had a 34.9% winning percentage. And I don't know about you. That sounds like, you know, he didn't do that well. So I feel like he's staying with the club in some facet. Let's not forget 2013. They were in last place. He managed to win a U.S. Open Cup. And in 2014, he managed to get them Eastern Conference champs. Very good points. Just play devil's advocate. I hate to be devil's advocate to your devil's advocate, but when he inherited DC United, that was a winning club. And he basically for the past decade did took them to Rome to see the Pope. (laughs) I felt like he couldn't even make it to Rome. Like they stopped off in like Iceland and they're like, is this Italy? (laughs) I I, like (laughs) see all the olive oil and the The sign says Brazil. Is that close to Italy? (laughs) But overall, I, I don't know about you guys. I think that is an absolute horrible, horrible coaching record. I mean, we can go into like the actual numbers, but thirty-four point nine percent winning percentage. I feel like anywhere fan should have signed him for another ten years. I feel like anywhere outside of America, like it, once you get pretty low below the fifty percent mark, your job's already on the chopping block. There are plenty of like clubs where you could win a title and get sacked. So to have a thirty-four percent percentage over over 10 years like i'm surprised he kept his job that long look at murray the dude won syria ah they handed him the trophy and before he got to the locker room they're like yeah you're fired dude like imagine i mean when you when you talk about clubs like that like byron won a double and fired their coach you know that, that's happened two times last five years a double winning coach gets fired so you can mention mauricio sorry you know oh we won eight years in a row but that's not good enough you got to get the big one that's what but it is. 
But guys, what's just as big as the news of Ben Olsen being fired is possibly one of the names ESPN released today is apparently on the shortlist as a contender to take the job. Guys, guys, that's U.S. women's legendary coach, Jill Ellis, a two-time World Cup winning head coach. I'm telling you right now, not a DC fan. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I would love Jill Ellis as an MLS coach every day of the week. It's I'd well deserved, love it. and it's about time. I, absolutely. Is it not like I feel like the fact that this wasn't offered and an early like we've had this conversation in the past about like there need to be more women in men's sports because men are in women's sports. It needs to be vice versa. And I'm telling you right now, the fact that it hasn't already happened is a little fucking annoying. I don't know about you, Dre. I don't know if you want to chime in on this, but like, I'm pretty fucking pissed that it hasn't already happened. And Jill Ellis, I think, would be the fir- like if she was the first, that would be perfect. Yeah, no, I she has the pedigree for sure. Coaching this women's team, which are really, really great players, to two, like you said, two World Cups and all that. She has the pedigree for sure. Um, I'm gonna bring up the same point I brought up a couple weeks ago when we talked about the uh, the referee, the first female referee we had in 20 years. I totally support women getting into like high leadership roles in in men's sports to me i'm not sure if the problem is like there's like a gatekeeping thing or if it's just there's not a lot of women going into that field um and if it is a gatekeeping gatekeeping issue we should absolutely work to stop that um and we should just encourage women in general to pursue more of those careers because i think someone like ellis is a perfect candidate i mean she has the experience she has the pedigree it's just a matter of it's a horrible thing to say, but like whether or not the men in that locker room will respect her. And I really hope they do, you know, put the ego aside and, and realize this is a, this is an experienced coach and hopefully she can do good things with whatever team she ends up at. And I'm telling you right now, Jill Ellis, if given this opportunity, which I, you know what, if DC United wants my respect, cause for the past decade, they've done nothing but bring in great players and do fuck all with it. I'm telling you right now, you bring in Jill Ellis. I'm telling you right now, you get my respect. And I get it. What am I in the grand big universe? But you know what? I bet you there's a lot of people who will turn around and give DC United a lot of props for that shit. And I'm telling you right now, Jill Ellis walks into a room having two World Cup medals around her neck. If any man gives her shit, I can only guess the shit that she's going to throw back whether you are the biggest player in the league or the worst player in the league. And like, let's be honest here. DC United doesn't have good players. DC United way, I is, feel like you just got to be glad that it looks like the Atlantic cup rivalry is going to be renewed. Finally. I mean, I think that would be pretty dope. A coach from England versus a coach who, you know, is a world cup winner. Like I'm telling you right now, I'm pretty excited about it. She can manage the personalities of 18 women in one locker room. I think she could get the job done. I'm telling you right now, I think those 18 women beat the shit out of any men's team that are in front of them. I this last second. point, if DC doesn't want to hire, I'm fairly sure that I know a certain uh, a certain coach looking for a job. If you want him, first name Christopher. He is a former DC United player, but we're not getting into that. We're actually going to now go on to another former DC United player. DC United officially trade. Federico Higuain to enter Miami for about $50,000 of just straight cash. 
guys, um, I don't know about you. I think this is a very half-assed move from Inter Miami and DC. I think actually DC United win because you're trading someone who is well on the far end of their career for straight cash, which honestly DC United would like to be able to bring in other people. And I really think Higuain's only going to Miami because Big Brother's the, you know, or the little brother is now top of the food chain there. And basically he's just riding on his little brother's coattails. I don't know about you guys. I call bullshit across the board. I this, think this to me, this isn't even news. This is this is just like, oh, cool. My brother's here in America. Let's like they're both in the twilights kind of their career. There's like, let's hang out while fucking making some money on the side. And that's kind of what it is. Miami's easily a town that's more fun to hang out and party in than DC is. So for Lauderdale, I completely disagree with both of you, to be honest. And maybe I'm on drugs or something, but that makes the third sibling duo, I believe in the MLS. Just, and I was just if thinking the other that. Two, yeah. If the other two duos for Seattle and Portland are any indication, I think competing with your siblings going to up both of their games. Hey, the, I the, think this is going to be a better look for Miami than for DC. There's the Chara twins or brothers. Who's the other set? For Portland. The R- Ron, Ron Dons, the, the, oh. the Roll Dons from uh, Seattle. Right, yes. right, right. Okay. Which yeah, every I think now it's going to be a better move for Miami, to be completely honest with you. Which every now and again, I do forget that the Roald Dunn brothers both play in Seattle. Like, I know of the captain, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, his, his, his brother plays here. Which, you know what? You talk about brothers. You know what really pisses me off is because Aronson— Wait, don't we all—I would say Aronson. Isn't that a, well, new, a new set of twin brothers well, also? His—so, Brendan Aronson's younger brother plays for the USL team, and eventually he will get promoted— you have Brendan to assume Aronson. that the older Aronson's going to be gone by the well, time right, brother right. gets and promoted. That's ex- and that's exactly what I was going to say. Brendan Aronson has already confirmed he's off to Red Bull Salzburg. He technically got loaned back to the union, so he's going to be gone by the time. It really stinks that you won't be able to see the Aronson brothers together, but as conversations I've had with some Sons of Ben members we all know and love, it's only Dude, a matter of... As long of- as it doesn't go as bad as Scar and Mufasa. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I so can't now, are, are you saying that we can see Paul Pogba come to what is it, Atlanta? Where does well, his brother his, play? Oh, his brother's already gone. His brother oh, was he? here. Okay. He was here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> Guys, with that hot start. <clears throat> speaking of not here for a good time, we're talking about how the Colorado Rapids had back-to-back games against both LA sides postponed due to rapid increases in COVID positive COVID cases. I. We're starting to get to the crunch time where it's like, you know, your record matters. We're starting to like mold the playoff picture. Colorado now owes two games and both LA teams owe one game. This is going to start coming down to like, do we, I personally, and I get it's a hot take and I know like people don't believe me. You don't get to make up your games. Like I, I'm sorry. You know, the play teams are already playing two to three games a week, and the travel is already absolute hell. I'm personally like, mm, oh, you know what? Because you couldn't contain what's going on. Because again, wear a mask. Don't go out in public. You know the ordeal. Wash your ass. Wash your ass. First of all, if you're not washing your ass and you're a professional athlete, I have other questions I'd I like suggest to bring you up. just go buy a tushy. We got to get a sponsorship from Tushy. I'm, I, I swear to God, if we get a sponsor from Tushy, I'm leaving. 
I'm out. I'm out. So that's the way we can get him to leave. So that that's it. It's just a sponsorship from I've, a. I've been working on it. They are not answering my email. You you know who I'm gonna get a sponsorship from? Fucking Charmin. Fuck you. But, uh, yeah, Charmin. To go son back of a bitch. To go who back uses- to the point at hand, I think you have to be careful in these situations, and I think the MLS in Colorado are handling it the right way. I think we all saw how the end of the last Serie A season went, where. Inter lost like something like six straight games and they immediately lost first place because Juventus wasn't dropping games. And it's really easy for that to turn into a shit show and you to look at the table and go, well, that's not right. I I don't want to like go against you here, but I'm just thinking to myself that like, you know what, like you can't ask these teams to travel anymore. You also can't push the MLS season back any further because the season's going to end and you're going to find yourself in a situation like the rest of Europe was in where basically your season ended and you got three weeks to, okay, guys, go ahead and rest three weeks later. Okay, guys, let's start prepping. We have a serious game in a week, no preseason, no, like, you know, little trials here or there. It's bad for them. Well, it is bad, but the thing about it is, is these players are absolutely gassed. You you, like, you look at some of the teams in Europe, PSG lost. PSG lost their first two games of PSG their camp. The only league that they canceled it in like March. They they didn't like postpone it. She like lost games. It. Oh no, PSG. I'm gonna lose. But they, they, league but they, league they, one they, literally canceled the rest of the season. But I'm talking about finish the season and then play PSG in the final. Also, but I'm talking about Champions League. They were playing competitive games and then weeks later had to start their season again. That's not a two. And then the first week they won like fucking eight, one or some shit or seven. Okay. To be fair, LAFC put six goals against Shockle, And that's a different conversation for a different time. They didn't put, they didn't put eight behind by Barca though. So. Oh, like that's an accomplishment at this point. It was at the time we did it. (laughs) Uh, Messi stood there with a neon sign going, I don't give a fuck. We started started their whole, like, all right, we got to fix shit. It has been a while, and it's probably been the first time since Justin's been here. But, guys, friendly reminder, Dre has a German podcast called Welcome to the Bundesliga. Uh, That was a good run of him not mentioning it, though. Yeah, right? That was a pretty good run. Check it out. I'm recording tomorrow. New episode soon. Holy, wow. What's it, the first time in two months? (laughs) No, like like three weeks, but yeah. (laughs) It's felt like two months. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I got a lot to talk about, though. Oh, that's good. Speaking of things to talk about, guys, we have our first MLS club that clinched a MLS Cup playoff spot. Toronto, with their win over Cincinnati yesterday, because, yay, thumbs up, big accomplishment. Toronto will be the first team at least clinching their spot in the playoffs. Um, Usually Toronto always ends up being that one team that kind of just squeezes in, but hey, they're first to the party, and you know what happens Toronto's when you're... that team that I feel like takes off kind of weird, and then all of a sudden, boom, RKO out of nowhere. Hey, dude. To me, they, they just fly so out of, like, under the radar. Like, even week to week, we all talk about the games. We watch most of them, if not all of them, and even to me, I'm like, wait, Toronto? Not like Philly or Seattle or Portland. Like, Toronto's the first one. Like, they continue to fucking sneak under the radar because they're not, they're not having these like six, three banger games or these like, you know, five, one games that we have to talk about. Cause it's such an exciting game. They might, yeah, they're barely even playing with their starting zero. striker. Yeah. Josie Altador, so, like, Josie Altador is too busy trying to figure out how to buy RSL. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, he'd probably still bring in this. He'd bring in more money owning an MLS club, but I, I don't know. I, I really don't have much to talk about on this. Congrats. Like, like, like you guys, hey, congratulations. Good job. Hey, you know, but as Kyle said, and as you know, as you guys both said, I know like I shouldn't be agreeing with you two because I hate your faces, but I'm talking more along the lines like, Toronto always end up just being that team that's there. Like you got to be in it to win it. And Toronto's always in it to turn it a little bit. You know, we're, we, we joke, we make fun, but we're going to turn this down a little bit. An interview over the past couple of days has come out as an interview with the crack podcast was former DC. No former FC Dallas and current Boa Vista player Reggie Cannon came out recently and said publicly for the first time that after being booed by FC Dallas fans during one of the first games back from MLS is back, coming out publicly and saying that the club asked him to publicly apologize for comments he made after the game saying that he was, you know, what he was doing, they were proud of doing, the players are going to continue to protest. And after those comments, shortly after he was receiving consistent death threats, and as he let the team know and stuff like that, really along the lines of the team didn't do any support, the team actually wanted him to apologize and actually wrote up an apology for Reggie Cannon to give publicly. And Reggie Cannon, and I applaud him extremely for this, basically in the nicest way possible, telling FC Dallas to go fuck yourself. Not not long after all of this, he was benched in the next game due to his own safety. protection, his own safety and protection, as the article reports. And then not long after was transferred to the Portuguese side, Boa Vista. Uh, and this opens up a lot of really disgusting windows that, like, I'm glad are open. It really breaks my heart that these teams are supposed to be protecting their players. And at the end of the day, you see a team like FC Dallas. And I had a lot of respect for FC Dallas before all this, because they were a team. They, they, you know, they ran through youth players. They, you know, they had a proud culture and I was about it. FC Dallas was one of the major staples, you know, in the United States when it came to soccer pedigree. And then I hear something like this and it makes my entire stomach turn that this is how a, a player was sent death threats and was being booed from and, the fans. Oh, first well, first, of all. I, I, and the I, fact that the front office didn't back him is even worse. I, I'd like to say I'm surprised. And if I were him, I would just be glad I'm out of that situation. And yeah. to be frank, uh, you and me being Red Sox fans, I'm pretty sure we could go on and on about racism in the stands for a good chunk of our allotted time. I don't think it needs saying. My my take on this is, as a team, you are the employer of these players. You are literally their employer, and there's certain inherent responsibilities as an employer to protect and to care for your employees. Now, First Amendment applies. The fans, they can say what they want, and you are allowed to disagree with them, and you as a player can say what you want, and they're allowed to disagree with you. That's just called discourse and conversation. You don't have to like each other. You don't have to like what the person's saying, but you have to respect the right to say it. That all changes when you start throwing they let fans in the in the audience in the in the uh in the arena which a is just like already like okay y'all gotta follow some 
COVID guidelines here. Like, maybe let's back that up. But that aside, don't throw shit at your own team. And then B, once you get death threats involved, man, that's no longer civil discourse. And, and you've crossed the line into some other bullshit. So at that point, when you're getting death threats, it's not your job to apologize. It's someone else done fucked up. And th- at that point, the team should have stepped in, prosecuted some fans. I don't know what the hell they could do, but don't force your player to say an apology that PR wrote up for him. That's that's not the way to go about it. Close this up real quickly. And just again, how disgusted I am from FC Dallas. Like, could you like... I've worked at some pretty shitty places that I really didn't feel like I was being protected. And like, basically I was just being used for what I was worth. And I could say, maybe we all have experienced something along those lines, but. Oh, I love my job. You it's have, great. you have a situation where hey, Kyle, I have some concrete and a sledgehammer. You, you, you want to go to work? Please let me die. <laughs> basically. I'm just, I'm really disgusted. The fact that like, in our current climate, with everything going on at this moment in time, a player is coming to an organization showing that he's being physically threatened by the fans that this team is allowing into the stands or people who are watching from home. And the team has the audacity to turn around and try to make it seem like it's the player's fault for getting death threats. After today, I am, again, I'm pretty disgusted with FC Dallas. And it's one of those things where, like, it's amazing a team I respected so much before this did like this is now how I'm finding out how they did things, at least in the back office. And it, it really hurts. It not only hurts the regular fan, but it hurts just the league. It hurts the league that this is because it's not just the MLS that's hearing about this. Leagues all over the world are now hearing that. Oh, and the bottom line is between what happened with RSL and all the coming forward that's been coming on from people that have played at Fenway Park and played for the Boston Red Sox rumors that you know racists in the fan in the stands had something to do with Mookie Betts leaving this is happening all across sports and it's not okay and uh, you know what I'm telling you right now I I had I have a theory about that like not a theory but I have an idea for this any fan that goes to a security off- officer guard whatever and has proof or, you know, has a recording of another fan being racist or throwing racial, like, you know, racial slurs at players and stuff like that. I want the fan to record them. And then I want them to bring it to an officer, a security guard. And I want them to show them that this specific person is doing this. What you're saying is kick people out of the stadium for wearing the iron front. That That's what you're saying? Is that... No, I'm talking about anyone who's throwing racially charged things. Oh, I'm sorry. Any- I was just using MLS logic. My fault. True. Anyone, again, I've said this for years because in the UK, this is also another big problem. Do you know what happens to fans that are caught using racial charged, you know, slurs at players? They get their wieners They're- chopped off in a public square. They get a lifetime banned. I and was I'm close. Telling you- and I'm telling you right now, the MLS needs to adopt this. The rest of the world needs to adopt this. If these people are caught doing what they're doing, that's it. You are not allowed to go to live sports. Congratulations. Your act of stupidity 
are going to lead to you not being able to do the thing that you want to do. Because a lot of fans have the entitlement that, oh, I'm paying money, therefore the player must do as I want. Congratulations. That's not how this works. You're a fucking idiot. Sum up what Matt said, because fuck him. That's why. Oh, fuck him. That's why. I, I have no issue saying it. You throw racially charged shit at players, fuck you. That's it. I'm not I'm I'm not sugarcoating this. I don't know if Dre, do you have any closing? I think we got some soccer balls to talk about. Yeah. Let's kick it talk about soccer balls and nets and things like that. At least okay. these teams can afford nets, right, Dre? <laughs> We're working on it very slowly. <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, we, again, we had we had some we had some great stuff that you know we just talked about, and honestly, I you know I like that. That's why I like what we do because we have the ability of kind of just expressing, you know, when it comes to dumb shit like that. Speaking of dumb shit like that, let's get on to the Wednesday night games as Inter Miami. I, I would say upset RBNY back at Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. That was the kickoff of this week's games. And I'm telling you right now, it, it was overall, in my opinion, actually a pretty good game. But Inter-Miami just stole the show. And uh, Dre, I'm going to hand this one off to you. There's this guy named Higuain making $7 million a year. And he did things. He did stuff. He did, and he did a thing. A very, very beautiful, gorgeous thing. But he did a thing. Um, and I'll get to that thing in a minute. But this game was it was interesting as a Red Bull fan. This game specifically, but also going back as a trend the last couple of weeks, seeing how the Red Bull play. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Is this Bradley Carnell's first game in... Oh, sorry, not Carnell. Is this um, Bradley Carnell's was still in charge? Or is it the new guy, or the Struber, that was in charge the of this guy game? probably won't be here. Struber probably won't be here until sometime next year because it's, it's, they're saying six to eight weeks for the quarantine and the visa process. Okay. So it so, looks so, like Carnell's going to finish out the year. Gotcha. So Carnell is still in charge. What I have to say about this team is while we can be super fucking wishy-washy, some games we play great, some games we don't and all that, and I'm honestly willing to just fucking bite that and give Carnell credit for experimenting with lineups, with players, with formations, with everything. He literally is throwing a bunch of shit See what sticks, letting players like he is point blank letting players go out there and earn their spots week in, week out. He's putting new lineups, new formations, players in different spots where they may you not mean have he's not before. doing that thing where an Omir Fernandez comes out and scores two goals in two games and then he benches and him for Omer the rest Fernandez of the year. Fernandez had a fucking beautiful game this game, too. But no, I give him a lot of credit because players that you know we we as us talking all the time kind of expected a lot from and and i know i talked about this guy a lot was like oh i want to see him play i want to see him play matthias jorgensen now matthias jorgensen is getting half hour a game and doing fuck all with it so you know it's the fact that he's letting these players experiment and putting them in different lineups and positions and sometimes barlow starts sometimes white starts sometimes royer's up there some games it's velo and and sean davis some games it's ccj and and stroud it's He's mixing it up and giving all these players a chance to prove their worth. Some games it works, some games it doesn't. But this game we looked okay. We obviously didn't look like you know 2018 Red Bull, but we looked okay for the youth that we have out there. And I think the team's kind of figuring out the chemistry. Omir Fernandez, beautiful goal, love that. And then a couple minutes later, man, Miami 
scores a right after, it kind of makes the game pretty interesting. And then, like Matt alluded to in the beginning, the fucking cherry on top of the pie is Gonzalo, Gonzalo Higuain's beautiful fucking free kick goal, top shelf liquor. Like, oh my god, gorgeous! That that is what Miami paid to have when they hired Gonzalo Higuain. So, uh, cheers to him. And you know, the Red Bull go down two one, but. I, I like the experimentation. I'll takes over. I just want to just give a quick shout out to Gonzalo Higuain. I made a cool $5 bet with my father because as we were sitting on the couch watching this game, I looked at him and go, five bucks this goes in. He goes, no, <laughs> I, I have faith in the Red Bull. Ball went in. First thing I did was, that was your first mistake having faith in the Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what, what, Inter Miami had a wonderful game, did they not? I'm kind of yeah, they did. I'm kind of going to go off of uh, a little bit of the negativity here. I, I've been hearing a lot of people, especially some of our friends that we go to games with. There's no excuse for the Red Bull losing. This team looks like shit. Miami's in near last place. There's no excuse to lose to them. And look, Miami did an amazing job with what they were given. They were short-handed, they were short-handed with injuries. Captain Luis Robles wasn't there. Uh, international duty callaways. Miami played a great game with what they had. The Red Bull, though, I, I'm not going to jump on the train and crucify the team like the rest of the fan base is. This is not an Armist-like lose for me. Let's look at the plus. You have Carnell figuring out how to get strikers engaged in the game and scoring. You have Sean Nealis, who's developing into a very good third center back option. His reads are phenomenal. Tim his takeaways, Parker his not placement playing to like other shit week after week. That just too. I mean, just some weeks, but not that every... might be that. That might be more a miracle than Bradley Carnell. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you have Jared Stroud, who's really coming in as a playmaker, or Mir Fernandez, who me and Dre have already known that he can do these things weird almost like you shouldn't have benched him two years ago awkward dot dot there, dot there are good things to come out of this red bull team this is not an armist loss where the whole team looks like shit the fact of the matter is it took world-class playing from two juventus superstars to beat this team that fucking matweedy let's, save let's on that face it fucking, that free kick that, oh my god that goal yeah. was this close matweedy let's, fucking let's hell. face it tom barlow goes against any other defense in the league that's a goal Matweedy had to fucking stand on his head backwards to fucking save that. That free kick happens from many other people in the MLS. That's not a goal. See, it, it took world-class playing to beat the Red Bull. I, Say what I, you want. The defense did its job. I'm sorry to like cut you off because I, I feel like you're done, but I'm just saying like, I, I just, my biggest thing is the Red Bull lost this game. Inter Miami did not win this game. The New York Red Bull lost this game. You completely owned possession you dominated the press you just can't fin this is just it's a broken record with the red bull you're not finishing the chances provided because you don't have an out and out number one number nine it's it's if a, it's a double-edged sword by like we're not finishing the chances but like at the same token we don't have like the guy yet we don't but have a guy but we're that's figuring exactly, out who the guy is. But that's exactly you know, you, what you, you can't expect every game, every goal to go in. We're kind of still figuring Plus, out who to give it. To. It's a but good time think... for it's a good time, in my opinion, to be a Miami fan. Beckham with the signings that's happened, Matweedy, it's he wants it. He knows what he's doing. He knows the people he's bringing in. It's 
Miami is not going to be the last place team for very long if they continue on the trend that they're going. And I'm telling you right now, 100%, Kyle, I'm agreeing with you here. If Miami find a way to get into the playoffs, I don't want to play them. Any team in MLS won't want to play Miami because right now Miami, they're getting kind of hot. They're looking good. The superstars are showing up. And if Gonzalo Higuain is continuing to put in balls like this, that's it, boys and girls. You better watch out because Miami is a team that surprisingly might turn into something extremely aggressive and volatile to the point where like, oh, fuck, we're playing Miami. It's not like, oh, good, thank God we're playing Miami. This will be an easy three points because you know what? Open this up to one last question, though. With how we saw Miami perform in this game and Luis Robles being out, do you think that the way John McCarthy performs, if he stays on how how he played this game, do you think we could see a reverse situation of how Robles got his starting job with New York? Do you think he could be the Ryan Mira in this situation? I'll let you take the you 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 have a smart. Go ahead, Dre. I think Robles still gets a spot when he's back. They they hired him and right off the bat made him a captain. He's getting the he's getting a spot when he comes back, bar none. And um uh, and I'm I, I hate to agree with Dre because I don't like Dre, but yeah, who does? He he, he he's the team's first captain and. As long as he comes back healthy from this, that's also the other key thing here. He's got to come back healthy from this injury. That's that's the big thing here. If he, you know, broken bones, man, for certain people, they bounce back really quickly. But for other athletes, it, it's just one of those things where, it, it, especially with Robles' age, you don't know if this might be the last time we see Luis Robles at that top level. And on to the next game. Wednesday night, we saw a bit of a strange game that saw some weakness for Portland's defense and some signs of life for the Galaxy's struggling attack in an absolute goal fest that saw Portland come out on top. What are your takeaways from this game? Start with Matt. Oh, my God. Well, first and foremost, if you are a fan of offense, I pray you put this on the DVR. But if you're a fan of defense, I pray you 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 change the channel because good God, nine goals in one game. I get it. Center backs looking like some Swiss cheese. (laughs) They all went for that Starbucks coffee. Like forget forget about it. I'm telling you right now, they this this game was a lot of fun. And like that's the one thing about MLS that absolutely like attracts me to it is even as a neutral fan, you're gonna get a good game. Like, you're going to get goals, you're going to get counterattacks, you're going to get the whole package. I'm going to jump in a little bit with Portland here, and I'm going to give you both the good and the bad of what Portland provided with this game. What about the uglier? Is Alex not here yet? Oh, Oh, that's just, that's just me. Oh, oh, now we're going to go an X rating on this podcast? Never mind, I'm not glad I said it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just got flashed. I saw some titties. I'm okay with it. (laughs) So... By the way, you only get to see that if you're on our Patreon. So sign up know. to Patreon, get some titties. It's not only I'm talking, fans, I'm talking but about it's pretty close. <laughs> hey, I'm talking. Has you anyone watch like VH1 at 2 a.m. Has anyone noticed anything weird today about Kyle? Oh, oh I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna talk about it later. Don't you worry. Oh, we're gonna talk about it later. Oh, okay. I, like, well, I just want. I just want to make uh, sure someone else noticed this as well. He looks a little more white than usual. I guess. 
I was gonna say he looks a little more black than usual. Wait. Oh. Oh. We're talking about t-shirts. We're talking I don't about t-shirts. We're talking about t-shirts. We're talking about t-shirts. We're talking about t-shirts. We're talking about the fact that Kyle's wearing a shirt. We're talking about the fact that Kyle's wearing a shirt. Hey Matt, can you say that one more time? We're talking about the fact that Kyle's wearing a shirt. There's the so tease. Back- Oh my hey, God! See, that, hey. see, this is the real reason why I sign up. I mean, this is the this is the we- reason why I, I show up on Monday. Nights. I really like this. Now, brand, anyway, this is really good. Back guys, to Portland's defense being as missing as Dre on the last episode. But I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about Portland's offense first. This was eye opening for me. Portland actually showed that they can score goals. Not only one or two off goals on a counterattack, they proved that they can score goals if you give them the opportunity out of six goals they had four goal scorers which means everything didn't come from just one person this was an overall team effort from the midfield to the strikers this was an absolutely great game for portland to flip it though portland's defense and portland's goaltending i would basically put the house on to be secure safe and at most give up a goal maybe two portland's defense looked horrible in this game like they really didn't look comfortable they never got comfortable overall the la galaxy did a very good job in my opinion causing a little bit of chaos back there but before we hand this off to i'm telling you right now what warms my heart is seeing diego valeri worldy chips i'm telling you right now diego Valero. The cockles of your heart, dude. Diego touches my cockles. Oh, I'm telling you, I see goals like that, and it just it it makes it it gives me hope that you know what? Maybe the world's maybe the world's not such a bad place. You know, Diego. As long as Diego Valeri's in my life, I'm gonna be okay. That was that goal was something else. Now to to continue on with what you guys are saying about like you know this being a nine goal game, just an offensive slugfest. This is kind of one of those games where the defense just realized, like, yeah, fuck that. We're going for it. And it's like goal for goal for goal for goal. Like, at one point, the defense is like, yeah, no, this is not a defensive game. This is, like, who can put more in. So let's just try put more in. And that's kind of what the team started playing, man. It was definitely an entertaining game. Like, these are the games that make MLS worth watching. And everyone can talk about the league or all the bullshit they want. There are teams and there are games that are fucking entertaining as hell, and this is one of them. Diego Valeri with that worldly, worldly goal. I, I, he does that nine more times. I don't know if he makes it. You know, it's that was a beautiful goal. And what I really liked about this game from both teams is that the goals were very like thought out and team goals. Like it wasn't like oh, you know, there were a couple worldies here or there where it's just oh, damn, that's just a beautiful shot. But every single goal they worked for, they passed. They made the connections up to get the goal to go in. Um, so that was that. The other thing I have to bring up about this game is, where the fuck is Chicharito and why the hell did Galaxy buy him? He's healthy now. They pay you he's money. healthy. And he's not in the 18. Are, are we going to see Chicharito before the end of the rest of the year? You know, they signed Zlatan a year ago, and he was the guy on the team. He put in... 25 plus goals one hand i get it you're not doing shit let's not waste the starting spot but on the other hand kind of you're paying him all this money throw him on the field and see what happens but is he not on international duty like is he i don't even think he was he's not injured i know he's not injured anymore he's healthy now 
I don't know if he even started for Mexico. So, dude, I don't even know what to say. But, like, he hasn't played in at least three or four or five weeks. And I imagine if he is healthy, oh, you say he's not playing well. But you don't know he's not playing well because you haven't played him. It's kind of a catch-22. So, like, which is bro. Like, but I'm just saying the thing that absolutely gets me, though, is just, like, I look at it like this. You watch this LA Galaxy team. No game plan. No structure. It's just vibes. It's literally just vibes. All they do is basically go out and like, hey, guys, let me know what you think. Like, this is a team where not one person is giving me hope that there is something better for LA Galaxy. Christian Pondon is doing everything he can all by himself. But even then, it's like, he's not the guy. He's not your superstar. I, I would like to find out. I don't believe Chicharito played a minute, or at least he played any factor on any European competition or any, you know, UEFA thing that I, because I know they just, no, I looked to it Mexico. up. He didn't play for Mexico the last two games. So I, this, okay, I'm officially like, this is America's most wanted. I, I want the, like, the guy who's selling the cricket phones to, like, I, I we need an all points bulletin. Where is Chicharito? Where's, where and is Chicharito? Chicharito get- or no Chicharito? It's kind of the situation for me. You're seeing more and more teams firing their coaches, realizing things aren't working. Uh, what do you do with a coach that has a defense that looks like a pair of old-timey saloon doors and an offense that's about as useless as a screen door and a battleship? <laughs> Question, does LA Galaxy have to pay Chicharito if they lock him in the closet? I Guys, can can we add a clause to Kyle's contract for every single episode? He has to come up with some kind of like allegory or story like screen doors on a battleship. Can we can we just every episode he has to drop something like that? Every Was single that not implied? I have to make more dad jokes. This is Alex's worst nightmare. <laughs> Uh, if Alex was in the group chat, Alex would leave the group chat. Yeah. So, boys, next game we have going on is Vancouver versus RSL, Real Salt Lake. So, this game reminded me of one very specific game that is forever enshrined in my mind. And that is because I'm a Dutch national team fan. And I remember the World Cup final between Spain and, and the Netherlands where... Nigel de Jong pretty much ninja kicked the Spanish player and got away with the yellow card. But that game had an absurd amount of just tackles, fouls, yellow cards, the whole nine. This this game was just like that. There were nine yellow cards given by the referee in this game. I'm talking elbows, late fucking hands being thrown in the face. These players... We're playing like they're going to war, and it's really RSL and Vancouver. Like, I don't even know if they're rivals like that, and these aren't two, like, powerhouse teams like a, you know, Seattle-Portland game or something. So that kind of shocked me there, just how aggressive and how much these players wanted it, which I like a little bit of passion. I mean, I like a lot of passion, really. But that was the, the, the key takeaway for me was nine yellow cards in this game. Now, when it comes to actual gameplay, um, Beautiful team goals. I'm talking these players, they waited to the absolute last minute to take the shots with the goals they got. They they waited till they knew we beat the goal, we beat the defense, through the final pass or the cross. Like they weren't greedy at all. They made sure that they set up the other teammate to score the goals and they got some good ones out of it. And 
when the game finally got to the end, man, it was really nice because the last 10 minutes, it was just open. Both ways, left, right, either side was trying to get that game-winning or game-tying goal. So, Matt, what do you think about it? Dude, this was a fight. This 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 wasn't even a soccer match. For the majority <laughs> of this game, this was, dude, 42 fouls. There were 42 fouls amongst two teams. That... This this was not a soccer match. There's 22 you know, players on the pitch and 42 fouls. That's I love this. You know, for me, I love this. I love games where it is like it only takes one late challenge for all hell to break loose. Dude, I'm surprised. Know, I'm surprised both teams weren't down to like nine guys at the end. To be honest, oh, but you, there were yellow. There were nine yellow cards in this game. Like it's amazing. Like you said, it's amazing there wasn't one player. Like you're watching this game and you're seeing all these late challenges and you're like, how is no one being sent off here? But really, I look at this. RSL had the opportunities in this game to at least draw. Like it's a great team win for Vancouver. And I really want to give a lot of props to that back line from Vancouver because they played out of their minds, especially over the last few weeks. They've been absolutely turned, and Vancouver is usually an easy three points. But overall, man, dude, they gave it to RSL. But in return, RSL, you need to do better. A lot is more expected of you. You need to do better. You looked great in your build-up play, but overall, you just never had anything consistent come up where, like, you need to put a lot more pressure on a weak side like Vancouver. And then in return, I just look at it. I'm overall just disappointed. Like, again, I can't say enough how disappointed I am in RSL for this game. I had RSL taking this, and I'm just sitting here watching this game, and it was really pissing me off that it's like, you expect more from this team. But like I said, overall, I'm just really mad at RSL, but at the same time, I'm really... I'm over the moon on how great Vancouver's at least defensive mind played. Last thing, it's really weird watching Vancouver play at Providence Park because, like, that's for those who don't know, that's basically the equivalent of NYCFC playing at Red Bull Arena. That would yep. never happen, right? Oh, well, never. Oh, wait. Look, <laughs> I don't have many details, opinions about this game. But I have some strong ones. That game was about as pretty as watching Helen Keller play Freddie Adu in a one-one-one. <laughs> well, that's a tough call. I think the presidential debate went better than that. This pretty much proves why both of these teams kind of both want to be some of the worst teams in the league at the same time. Hey, don't leave Cincinnati out of this. I feel like I would give Cincinnati more credit than. 42 fouls between two teams. Oh, God. All right, guys. And we are talking about the big game now. The big Western Conference matchup on Sunday. We had LAFC pulling off the upset against the Seattle Sounders. I mean, I was completely blown away from it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Dude, LAFC basically just reminded the entire MLS, hi, we know how to play soccer. Seattle also kind of gave us all a reality check where we're like, oh, holy crap. Maybe we're not the best team in the West. And maybe we need to get ourselves a little bit of a reality check. And maybe missing not having, you know, Rudy Diaz, who's on international duty. You say that, and then you remember Diego Rossi's also not there. 
Who is an MVP candidate, though? Like Rossi or, or Rui Diaz? They're both MVP candidates, you idiot. Mm. Diego Rossi's the Golden Boot winner right now. If the Duckle season head. ended... Dre, okay. I need you. Dre, I terrible, need you to terrible, get. Terrible, terrible. I'm gonna hand this off to Kyle, but Dre, I'm gonna need you to pull out the book of basic MLS knowledge, and I'm gonna need you to read that before you start thinking like players like Nick Romando are still in the league. <laughs> I like that. Building on kind of what Matt said with uh, Rossi not being there, I honestly think Masovsky and Perez being up top. Harvey starting at left back and Djakovic in mid. Maybe those were some of the changes they needed. Of course, you could also look at the other side and say, well, Seattle was tired. This was their third match in eight days. They only made one change from the RSL game with how gassed they looked, and that was Brad Smith at left back. Clearly, that wasn't very effective. Let's be completely honest with the LAFC goals. The first goal, I'll be honest. The f- amazing free kick, the run at the post was just absolutely stellar. It doesn't get more picture perfect than that. The second goal was kind of this ridiculous rocket from outside that passed through way too many people that I can't believe didn't deflect it. And the third goal, you could make an argument that it was offsides. I'm not saying that LAFC doesn't deserve the credit here, but I'm saying that I don't think it was as lopsided of a game as everybody thought. I mean, Dre, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, I'm a little disappointed in Seattle, but I mean, you got to give it to LAFC too. They played a great game. They did. And when we talk about LAFC playing a great game, it's really in this specific game came down to Danny Muscovy. That kid is young as hell. And I'm, I'm looking at their starting lineup. They have a bunch of players under the age of 25. And, you know, it's not the youngest team in the world, but when you have a core, kind of a dedicated core of players that are that young and they're, and they're playing well together, you're going to be dangerous. Um, on top of that, I was a bit surprised that BWP got a full 90. Honestly, like I think this is the first time he's gotten a full 90 since last season for the Red Bull in the beginning of the season. I, I don't know the last time that that man's played a full 90, but you know, good for him that he still got the energy, I guess, to make it through 90 goddamn minutes. Side note, how wet do you think BWP was at the end Dude, of that he, game? He probably could have, like, he needed three jerseys out that shirt and, you know, just had a bucket. Three um, jersey changes. Me and Alex yeah. used to regularly talk about a Red Bull games. Like, bro, it's the 40th minute. That guy's getting subbed off. He looks moist. Yeah, very moist. Like a cake. Uh- <laughs> But I want to just, I want to jump in really quickly. I want to talk about how disappointed I am in Jordan Morris. This is a game where Seattle is missing their main goal scorer in Roy Diaz. Jordan Morris is the guy who's showing up on the U.S. men's national team. He's a guy trying to compete for his spot with a bunch of other guys. It looks like he's being coached by Chris Armas, not taking a bunch of shots that he probably should have. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Jordan Morris was non-existent in this game, which absolutely annoyed the hell out of me as a U.S. men's national team supporter. Jordan, you need to show up when you're the only superstar because there are going to be times where the U.S. men's national team is going to need you to perform. On the opposite side of Seattle, Nick Ladero might have scored the goal of the year. Um, That free kick was absolutely ridiculous and i'm a little upset at both of you for not even hinting at it for one minute good freaking god definitely did 
oh, well, then clearly you cut out and I just wasn't paying attention. Huh, that's just my <laughs> fault. Tell this you right is the last now, time we let Matt, Matt do coke before the podcast. Or maybe this Jameson Now he's coming Colbert down. Was, he's falling yeah, asleep. Yeah, this Jameson Colbert <laughs> is hitting hard. But, I'm, dude, was that not the goal of the year? I mean, it first of all, well first of all, hot, to- hot take. There's not one goalie on the face of planet Earth. You could choose your picking. I don't care. That was an untouchable goal. That was perfect. And Dre, I know you're going to say Manuel Neuer. Two Manuel Neuers don't stop that shot. I've said it on the last couple podcasts. I'm going to go there again, mainly because I've been drinking. Keppa could have stopped it. <laughs> oh, well. Keppa by Avia. Hold on, hold on. Keppa, Keppa would have saved it. It would have hit off the post, bounced off the back of Keppa's head, and then went in, and Karius would have gotten a concussion trying to die for the ball. But absolutely. On that note. But I just, dude, dude, Seattle's back line was overall just absolute shambles. This is like you expect better. And honestly, I'm really hoping Seattle takes this game, uses it as a blueprint for the rest of the year on not what the fuck to do. Call a learning lesson. That's all you got to do. And last up on our checklist, in a game with more injury scares than shots in the first 38 minutes and a rare start from the super sub Ilsenio, the Union managed some magic from Stanton and Montero to defeat the impact. What, what, do, you th- what do you think happened here tonight? I think starting Ilsenio was a pretty darn good idea because he assisted both goals. And, you know, this is, this is very simple to break down. It's Philadelphia doing Philadelphia things. Bad They're things just happen. On. Wise man once said, bad things happen in Philadelphia. Yes. But straight up, no, this is, this is just Philly playing their game over Montreal. And Montreal couldn't really do much about it, man. Ilsenio, who is, like you mentioned, normally the sub. But also, when he's a sub, he's normally the goal scorer. He turned to goal provider in this game. Two goals. Aronson didn't even get a goal in this game, but he still played the full 90. And Fontana got some experience. He got some time out there. But, uh, yeah, straight up, this is just Philly doing Philly things. And they just beat Montreal. That's it. Matt? I, I want to give a shout-out, though. First of all, this was the first game where fans were allowed to get back into Subaru Park. And we know some Sons of Ben people. We know some Philadelphia supporters. It was really great to see them back in the stands i'm so envious and hoping that one day our you know our names get one called. day we'll get to be disappointed in person again oh see now that's the that's what gets me but that's what I'm gets ready me to up get hurt again but i'm ready to go to the parking lot for kyle and i to get really fucking drunk and this time when i'm up in the stands there'll be not enough people near me within six feet so i can't fall over and hit someone Dre, else i'll just fuck myself up you know Dre, that first came back do you know how many pocket beers we're gonna need About that, yeah. For those who don't know, Dre put up, yeah. For those who don't know, Dre put up ten fingers, <laughs> which sounds like the uh, the order I'm going to put in for Popeyes later. But we don't need to talk about that. But dude, this was one hell of a game. Like overall, like you you expect you expected this. We all expected that Philly would come in and they would get the three points, as which ended up happening. But I want to give some shout out to Montreal here. Dre gave some great points about Philadelphia, but overall Montreal did not leave this game quietly. They 
gave, they gave the union absolute hell. And I'm telling you right now, it's just some missed chances. It was just some missed opportunities. They almost had a late, late equalizer, which would have been an absolute killer for the union. But overall, I'm really happy with the way Montreal is playing in these games, especially over the last few weeks. Yes, Montreal is overall struggling this year, but under Thierry Henry, there's a direction and a game plan. And I believe if you give Thierry Henry maybe a few more years, Montreal is going to be a team not to really fuck around with. And I'm, I'm, I'm overall here for it and I'm excited about it. But as I said, how Montreal had such a great game, there's a man named Andre Blake, who I'm going to give a shout out in every single episode because good freaking God, when when we have to do our teams of the year, I'm leaking my goalie because it's Andre Blake and it's not even fucking close. As if people who listen to the last five episodes don't already know you're like your orgasm for Andre Blake. He's the best goalie in the league and people need to know about it. It's not David Jensen. Because I am. What's a David Jensen? It's really because he hasn't worn the hat, to be honest. It's the hat. hat back on. It's the hat. How many goals has he conceded in the hat? Was it two? He conceded a couple goals. I know he conceded at least one goal in the hat. We're going to look that up. We're going to let you know another time. But I'll tell hey, you right um, now, he's conceded less in the hat than not wearing the hat. Bring back that's the true. hat. So for the past couple weeks, we've been missing this specific minute in our lives. But... We are happy enough to have our farmer's market expert here to deliver the farmer's market minute. Dre, we missed you, and we're pretty upset you didn't phone in. Like, Kyle was actually really mad you did not What, phone I, what in. I should have done is I should have called Matt, left him a voicemail, and have him put that voicemail into the episode of the What's farmer's market minute. And honestly, I'm, I'm upset that I didn't think of that. What's a voicemail? Waiting so patiently to... Here another another chapter in the Ballad of Freddie Adu. So the next verse in the Ballad of Freddie Adu, which I'm gonna have to come up with some new farmers market content after Freddie Adu. But we don't worry, we still have at least four or five weeks of content just with Freddie Adu because <laughs> he's had some adventures. So last we left off, Freddie Adu was on his third—that's right, third loan spell away from Benfica, still contracted with Benfica, third loan spell to Eris in the Greek Pro League, Greek Super League. I think it's Greek Super League. It's the Super Eris. League. Yes. His next transfer, because yes, his fourth and final transfer with Benfica was to Turkish second division team called Kaikor Raspor. You're sending me to where? To Yeah. And apparently, today I learned, and today so did everyone else, it took... Freddie Adu going to the second division of the Turkish League to finally start scoring some goals. Because let me tell you, boys, he scored an impressive season total four goals. Out of how many four games? Four goals. I think he played upwards of 20 games, and most games got about 60, 70 minutes. He got even four measure goals. him up with the greatest football player to ever live. You know what I I'm mean, talking about. Straight Four touchdowns. Right, not one we, season. Are we talking about Pele? Are you talking about Pele, the greatest soccer player of all time? Or like No, Ronaldo the greatest Nye. football player of all time. Four touchdowns. One game. There you go. Oh, well, I mean, ugh. Al so, Bundy. 
that that was that. He played there for one year, and as we will find out next week, Freddie Adu makes his grand return to the MLS. Stay tuned. Right now, I, 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 as Kyle was last week, I was pretty pissed off because, like, I look forward to these little updates in, like, the random spots of the world. Dre, you have homework. I want to know who the leading goal scorer in the Hungary league is at some point. So oh, I, 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 I have plenty of ideas for when we're done with Freddy Do's adventures for farmers markets across the goddamn world. So guys, that leads us to the part of our episode where we lead off or we finish off, but we actually have a few more things, but we finish off with our weekly vent, our weekly <sighs> deep breath, woo saw rub the back of the ears. I'm going to start with Dre. He wasn't here last week, so he might have two weeks worth of things pissed off. Oh, I do. Oh, okay. I do. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I mean, I have... Alex, grab grab the handles of your seat because we're ready to go. <laughs> I have go. one. I have one that I know that I was going to use last week, and then I have one from this week. So, number one, I'm going to get out of there real quick. Kyle, take your goddamn shirt off. All right? I'm mad. Damn! Ain't no way. Ain't no way, ain't no goddamn way you show up on this podcast, on this episode, my first one back, wearing a shirt. Oh, sometimes it's cold. I was cutting times with my nips before. I'm sorry. Okay, that's the risk you take. When you're the guy without a shirt, that's the risk you take. It's called playing. People pay for this, and now you're just giving it away. two shirts in 38 episodes. My my track record's still pretty good. Let's just get you a Komodo that you can still keep open in the middle. How's that? That's one. Ooh, how about a smoker's jacket? What if I take a shirt and I just cut the nipples out? What if I just give you nipple tassels so your nipples are warm? Matt Matt, Matt, Matt and I will allow it. I'll allow it. All right. And then the second one that's kind of more my uh, actual what's pissed me off this week. And that is the fact that you can go out and do the right thing and buy and pay for a subscription to whatever streaming service you want or to whatever streaming service has the league that you want to watch. You can go out there, spend your money, buy it. And Are you mad because you're buying porn and not just going on Pornhub like the rest no, of us? No, I'm bad because I'm using, I'm mad because I'm using your ESPN Plus account that you pay good money for and the fucking <laughs> Red Bull games are blacked out. Week. That's why I, I gave you my Xfinity login for fucking I, MSG Go, I, my guy. I get it, but there's no fucking reason anyone should have to have multiple fucking subscriptions to multiple fucking Look, things. I'll write ESPN for tomorrow. God, Look, my friend Dre is not paying me good money to watch these games. It, it's not <laughs> even in, in soccer. It's in hockey. It's in all the sports. The fact that there's a, such a fucking thing as a blackout. No, fuck you. You have my money. I've already fucking. Oh, no, turn your air conditioning past fucking eighty and like, fucking buy a cable box, my guy. Fuck cable boxes. You, I, I already pay for all the subscriptions outside of that shit. I should be able to fucking watch. If, if you, if a league has a TV, it's not deal my fault. You follow two teams on MSG. If a league has a tv deal with a certain network every fucking game should be on that network no i don't need to watch vancouver versus cincinnati you know what i do need to watch is the red bull versus fucking orlando because i pay money to watch my local team not the fucking guys on the west coast i pay money not to watch my local team in some situations i'm so glad we put time limits on these things because dre just basically blew the entire time limit on just his little rant 
Alex, what's pissing you off this week? Uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still cracking up from Dre. Uh, what's pissing me off? Um, oh, here's a good one. Not really a good one, but we recently got this badass fucking smoker, aka Kyle. Recently got this badass fucking smoker, and I wanted to be a uh, the man of the house and try to bring some uh, some trout home and go fishing and bring some meat to feed the family. And uh, I've been fucking up royally, and I haven't caught in shit. And day after day, I'd be going out. You can ask Kyle. Like, literally, I'd like, come home from work and just go straight out. And then I'd just come home with nothing. And my cooler's empty. And it sucks. So I'm just mad at myself. You realize, if really this was, you, fam. you realize if this was ye old times, we'd all be dead. Because I'll we be wouldn't dead, be dog. eating. I, I, I would have to start eating the children at this point. Wow. Okay, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> uh... Kyle, what's pissing you off this week? Mine kind of ties into him, but like, are, are it's tired, not because are, of him. Are, are you tired? Like, of I was going to say, don't you dare blame this on no, me. No, anything, it, I'm the fault. only setting that didn't break it. First of all, number one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat something you caught out of the South River anyway. Those fish have like 18 heads and 40 eyes. I'm not eating that. I was going to uh-uh. Holmdale to get trout. Well, you caught a tire the one time. That that at least happened. I did catch a tire. That is healthier than any fish you would catch in New Jersey, to oh, yeah. be fair. Oh, yeah. It was but, continental. Um, anyway, long story short, I bought a Traeger two weekends ago. Well, technically three weekends ago. I was, it was like a Wednesday night. I was pooping on the toilet, and I bought a smoker. Don't let me use my phone is on the it, toilet, this, I guess, this, is the moral No, the I think story. the lesson of the story is anytime you have something shooting your asshole, you're like, oh, fuck, that's weird, I guess. Yeah, dude, what Yo, happened was the water squirted my asshole was it, so clean, dog. I'm just like, I need a smoker, because that makes sense. Clean assholes, meat, I don't know. But anyway. I need to go home. So, last weekend came, my first weekend using it, I smoked Saturday, I smoked Sunday, it came good, right? This weekend. Saturday, I had plans because apparently my friends like me or some shit. I don't know why. Sunday, it fucking rained. By the time I was ready to cook, Monday, it fucking rained. Also, then, t- oh, also let's t- not t- forget t- in the middle of me not being able to use my brand new smoker, my fucking washing machine exploded like fucking three times. Hold up. Going back to like four weeks ago, where's your fridge? Yeah, who fucking knows? I guess they're building it in fucking Thailand or some shit. The fucking kids that the kids at the fucking Maytag factory are really overworking themselves. Oh, fucking this is... Best Buy. Uh, yeah, It'll I... be here by October 20th when I ordered it in the middle of fucking August. I'm okay. Everything's Goose fine. Goose Raba, dog. Goose Raba. Uh... Uh, I guess that finishes up with me. Um, What's pissing me off this week, kind of two things. Number one, I, for the past few years, refused to watch Goodell Ball. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, American football, because I just hate Roger Goodell and everything that is just Roger Goodell. But over the last few weeks, I've caught myself on Sundays, you know, propping up the laptop, doing some work and watching some football. I realized over this last weekend, there's a player in the NFL who's leg twisted the wrong way had a compound fracture and basically his body's going one direction and his foot is in the opposite direction so yeah get that Um, man some milk get him (laughs) some milk and i'm and i'm watching this highlight and the thing like i say highlight because 
CBS felt the need to do this replay about 40 times of this man's entire career being in jeopardy. And I remember from a few years ago, the same thing happened with a basketball player named Gordon Hayward, where his leg snapped in half, but ESPN felt the need to have the replay go 40 times in super slow motion. So basically kidding me. I couldn't turn on that station for a week because every time I did, I would just see his leg snapping. But that's the thing that's pissing me off this week is the fact that, you know, someone's entire career is in jeopardy, yet some of these bigger television companies are trying to like, oh my God, oh my God, look what happened to his leg. Watch it 40 times in super slow motion. Like, no, fuck you. Like, really, fuck you. Like, it, it, it makes no fucking sense. Don't show the replay. That's it. If people want to go see it, people on the internet are sharing the video. Me as the consumer at home does not want to watch some young man's career be in jeopardy 40 times in super, in super slow motion from eight different angles. Stop you there for one second. I would rather watch that replay a hundred times in a row than ever watch the silver leg break again. Oh, that shit was nasty. I always think of the, I always think of the Luke Shaw compound fracture where like, on the field, his bone was sticking out of his sock, and I'm yeah, sitting here. Yeah, that one like, was gross, but no, I'm thinking of the Silva fight where you saw his leg, like, wet sock wrap around the other guy's leg because it broke oh. mid-kick. Yeah, yeah, it's... That and bring on Andy Dalton. The Cowboys don't pay him $40 million a year to lose games. We're not a football podcast. Speaking of things, Kyle, I want you to leave the charge on here. Um... I had an absolute shit week when it came to the picks and I went from first place to tied with last. So go ahead and break it down while I grab some tissues and start crying. So this week we had Dre leading the charge with 15 points. Me and Alejandro tied for 13 points and oh my, how the mighty have fallen Matt with eight points. I think Yo, it was a bad it was a bad fucking week and the draw king the is fly on Pence's head had a better <laughs> week than that. I need an adult. You are. On the season, that means we have Dre with 93 points, Alex Who with 90. Dre be in first place. How did we let Dre be in first place? This is annoying the shit out of me. Alex with 90 points, and me and Matt are tied with 89 points. I just want to let but ladies and know, gentlemen, my life is disappointing. So he'll probably have a monster week while I get two games, right? I just want to let everyone Don't know that I submitted that. my picks, my 15 correct picks from the mountains of the Ashley national forest in Utah with borderline, no fucking service. The nature gave you some insight. Before anyone else talks here, Dre, look Fuck at me you. through the camera. Dre, I'm so proud of you because on a normal freaking week when you're in the state of New Jersey, I have to reach out to eight people to make sure you're alive to submit picks. This week, you decide in the middle of the mountains in Utah, oh, I'm going to respond to someone's text message at first will. Like, that, uh, I'm I was gonna go so the other way. I'm going to go the other way around on this, okay? Like... You could be proud of him, and that's great. But, like, this motherfucker be at his own house, can't answer you, but he's in the mountains of Utah fighting off John Smith and his 40 wives, and he finds the time to text you back? Come on, dude. 
I'm done. You realize you 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 realize like there's a level of expectation now. When you don't respond to us, we're gonna be like we're all gonna be really mad at you because like yo motherfucker, you respond in Utah, but you can't respond five minutes down the road. So I think what has to happen is I have to travel to the middle of the woods more often. Come fishing with me. If you're gonna if you're gonna respond to text messages faster, I'll do, I'll do that, Alex. Do I'll it. Do, that. do it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, guys, I mean, we're at the end of our podcast, and um, I, I you know, Dre, where can they find us? So we are apparently all over the motherfucking place. You can find us at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Discord, which is where we are chatting right now. All of those social media accounts are at Post and Pints. What do you got uh, for us, uh, Alex? You forgot a very important platform of ours, and that is we now have a Patreon, which I'm sure you've all have heard because we've rammed it down your throats by this point. But we have an awesome Patreon account. We have awesome videos of us there, Kyle without a shirt. And only you can only see these videos if you join our Patreon account. We have two tiers. One's $5. Join the conversation. Get early access to our, our podcast every week. And we have a second package that a little more pricier, but that is our $99 package. And that can be the sponsor of the show. So if you're interested in hooking up with us and doing some type of partner work, hit us, uh, send us a DM, carrier pigeon, whatever you prefer method of uh, reaching out is, and uh, enjoy. I prefer smoke. I prefer smoke signals. Smoke signals. That's so I try, just, I try that's, that, but Dre, but Dre doesn't see it up in the mountains of fucking Utah. <laughs> oh, we were right next to the wildfires. We saw a lot of smoke. His forty wives got in the way. What can you say? His forty. <laughs> but yeah, one gets in the way. Forty is like. <laughs> <laughs> he's engaged he's engaged to one person he can't imagine 40 <laughs> imagine not know. having the time to answer 40 different people back all the same I, time I, I don't know how Mitt Romney did it but I mean Mitt Romney did wow. do it hey god bless him you think about it he would have been president with like multiple first wives that would have been sick would it just technically have been second third and fourth wives sorry we're not a political I'm sorry, we're not a political uh, podcast. Podcast. Hey, guys. Take it home. I have to pee. Hey, guys. Episode 38 is officially in the books. That's it. It's done. It's over. Guys, it's been, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. And as much as I hate seeing your faces, I love talking MLS with you. Hey, guys, we're going to be back next week because we're going to be back every week. There's only a few more games left in the regular season, and pretty soon we're going to start talking some playoff MLS. For Kyle, Dre, and Alex, my name is Matt. Guys, have a, have a great rest of your evening, and uh, guys, we're going to talk a lot more next week. We'll see you guys then. Arriba derchi. I'm still not confident. <laughs>